The following podcast contains naughty words, naughty themes, and a cat named Ernie. Hi, Rich here. Um, just thought we'd throw an extra warning at the start of this podcast, as towards the end we mentioned themes of addiction, mental health, and suicide. So I thought we'd best mention it at the start, just in case any of those may affect you. Um, also, we do discuss the use of the C word quite a lot, so if that's something you want to stay away from, Maybe skip this one and wait until the Princess Bride next week, which I, as far as I'm aware, doesn't have it in. But then I've not seen it yet. So here's with Nell and I. <laughs> Why did you wait until I pressed record? Was, the timing was fucking perfect on that. Absolutely perfect. I didn't wait until you get record, man. It was just, it's natural. You're an animal, Jimmy. It's natural, man. You're listening to Rich and Jimmy Watch a Film. We are recording. So, welcome back, Jimmy. We're not eating yet. Oh, come on, man. (laughs) But it ruins it. There's a whole... There's a whole... There's a build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a a format, don't we? We've got to stick to it. It does seem a bit harsh to sit a plate of food in front of a fat guy and say you can't (laughs) eat it until... Put down the fork, fatty. I mean, I've already had three. <laughs> yeah, but it's your home, man. You, you you call the shots. You're the boss. But you know, do you know what? I'm really enjoying doing this. Me too. And I'm hoping loving it's that. coming across uh, to everyone that is listening, as we said before, tuning in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We won't do that again. <laughs> I can't remember what, uh, what radio station we said anyway, but yeah, if you are, no, yeah, if you are tuning in and listening, we do really appreciate it. I hope you are enjoying it, because... Like we were just saying, this is an absolute blast. I look forward to this whenever we get one in the diary to come around. It's nice because get these lovely moments to just sit and enjoy a film. Yeah, and eat and eat really unhealthy food and just be fat bastards and drink. It's just, it's the fucking dream, man. So, Jimmy, would you like to know what film I have in store for you tonight? Hit me. What do you got, man? I've got the British cult classic with Nail and I. I would like to say I've heard lots about this, but I haven't. I genuinely have no idea really what it's about what I'm in store for apparently I, the, the one thing I did hear um, from our, our dear friend Dom was that um, it was it's the sort of film every sort of British kid between like when you got to like 16, 18 you saw this film that's exactly like when I first saw it yeah that yeah. age <clears throat> that was how he described it to me I've got high hopes that you're going to like it because I know exactly what I can do to show you why I think you'll like it this is the book right, right. that's the screenplay now, while I, it was in the cupboard, it was next to... Nice. My copy of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Your copy of Fear and Loathing in Vegas. Now, not only that, can you see another connection? Oh, damn. Ralph Steadman's done the illustrations yeah. for the Blu-ray cover. Oh, man, that is fucking sick. So, I wouldn't say that this is the British Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, because it's not. Yeah. But there are going to be comparisons in as much as two people... Going on a journey of sorts. It's it's just so British. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I, I do love the British humour, man. Like that really dry, sort of iconoclastic uh, humour that you guys have got. So if I'm sure it's filled with that. This is one of the most quoted films. I mean, I haven't seen this film for maybe ten years. I mean, it's potentially top five. Wow, that's um, okay. But you'll never forget the quotes. Yeah, okay. Is, is it possible there's going to be a lot of like British idioms might start making more sense to me after seeing this thing so I've heard people <clears throat> you know, quoting this and thinking, what the fuck are they talking about? 
Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Richard E. Grant and Paul McGann. Uh, Richard Griffiths is in it. You might know him. Yeah. Oh, that's in Harry Potter. Oh, is, is he like um, the uncle? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uncle Vernon, yeah. Plays a sexual predator. Yeah, nice. I don't really want to tell, say too much because no, no, mate. I'm I'm really look, mate. I, again, I'm really looking forward to going into this so blind. Um, and I mean, just straight away that if um, you know, if Ralph Steadman, they've got him, you know, doing the illustrations, I definitely feel like yeah, it's going to be up my tree. Like he definitely doesn't just put his like he doesn't just do anything because people are paying him. He always has some sort of vested interest or you know appreciation for whatever it is that he's um, given his artworks for. So I mean. And then this is the part, if it was a movie where it's like the smash edit to like 90 minutes from now, and I'm just like, yeah, I didn't get it, man. Like, just, I don't know. <laughs> it's not a lot to get, I don't mm. think. Again, I'm not going to... We'll just watch it. Yeah, for sure. And it'll be interesting because you'll either be like, that was brilliant, or you'll be, I didn't get it. We're sweet. Well, then I reckon it's time to uh, move it's... on to the next section, which is us eating. Mm-hmm. Possibly my favourite bit well then without further ado <laughs> a chat over dinner right Jimmy you have catered tonight so can yes. you explain what you've done because it looks How incredible yeah so mate I've just whipped up some nice homemade fried chicken strips and some uh, homemade coleslaw as well and I think it's going to be pretty good man to be honest well can we tuck in get stuck in mate help yourself have as many as you want this would be a good one for um, anyone who is into us. Yeah, the sounds of us eating the crunchy slurpy coleslaw. <laughs> so yeah, have you seen any good? Have you seen any uh, good films lately? I absolutely have. Mm-hmm. I saw a film called uh, "Sorry to Bother You." Okay, I've not really heard of it. Kate, my wife, Katie. There we go. Sorry for anyone who's listened to the previous ones and gone, "Who the fuck is Katie?" <laughs> That's my wife. She'd heard of it and she had um, read about it and said it was absolutely. You know, they they bigged it up. Um, so it came on iPlayer the other day, and we watched it, and it is fucking brilliant. It's such a weird film, like bonkers. Like the premise of it is that this one chap who is black gets a job in a call center, and the only way he can make money and make sales is by using a white man voice. So it's dumped with this very plummy white man voice over it. And he becomes really, really successful. And he gets moved upstairs to the other... To, like, the third floor. Yeah. But it turns out that up there they're selling, like, slaves. Wow. And he's he carries on selling. But, spoiler alert here, turns out they're not slaves that you would imagine. They're a hybrid of horse and humans. So they're horse people. Fucking hell. It's... It's just fantastic. What, what was it? Sorry, sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. No, it sounds it fucking was, mental, man. It, it was mental. It was mental. And it played on an awful lot of... I just don't know. I mean, obviously about race. Yeah. Um, but it didn't... It wasn't It wasn't sort of contrived. We want to send you a political message mm. about race. It was just... But it's a good, like, I, I like the way as well of approaching that in terms of like blowing everything up into the... You know, taking everything to the, to the uppermost levels of like lunacy because then you can really explore something and talk about something more it's like um like uh, bojack horseman mm. they can really explore human issues by having characters that are animals that's quite interesting yeah, yeah so i think that. it's like just just from hearing what you've said to me is like what sort of comes across as is that idea of um 
Almost satire, but not. It was comedic. Yeah. Like, we, lo- there was some very funny bits, but it's on iPlayer. I would say watch it. It was very enjoyable. Yeah. No, man, I, I like that. Check that out. Mm. Um, what about you, Jimmy? Have you seen anything recently that's worth mm. mentioning? I have, after the you know, other rant the other week about um, what, Robert the Doll, worst film I've ever seen. I watched, um, <clears throat> last week, I watched two of the best films. I've ever seen uh, uh, Ari Aster's um, uh, Hereditary oh. I finally got around to watching it with Tony Collette I what did you think of that fucking loved it really yeah absolutely loved it see I loved it until the ending okay I thought it all just went a bit weird I think mm. be weird or don't be weird just don't mm. be an amazing psychological scary mm-hmm. fucked up film and then just go Oh, yeah, it's crazy. No, but see, I, I like that when it just went batshit. I, I did enjoy that because it was like, sort of, he'd been mentally breaking and then he dies, obviously, and then, oh, sorry, spoiler alert, <laughs> he, he dies and then, um, you know, the sister um, is, is resurrected back into him. Spoiler so alert. Of, yeah, so it's sort of like, he'd been mentally tortured the whole way through the film and then that was kind of like him finally breaking and as well with the film and it all just goes fucking batshit for that last mm. 20 minutes or whatever but yeah so I watched that and then um, but I, I yeah again I loved it I mean Tony Collette in it is fucking incredible she's amazing she's like, man the bit where she's fucking again spoiler alert the part at the uh, where she's there storing her fucking head off with a piano wire <laughs> oh my god Jesus Christ man that was so gnarly and I just could not stop thinking about it because there was no one because I was just at home on my own just sort of rattling around and like having watched it and I just I, I just was playing the whole thing over and over again in my head and I was just like I love it but fuck me it's like very just sticks with you for a, a good few days afterwards like which I haven't I, like I love it when I get that with a film like I remember you know Clockwork Orange first time I saw that when I was in high school had that for a few days just trying to sort of process it and wrap my head around it it's like it's not often with movies where you get that mm-hmm. um, uh, and I love it I love that feeling of it like it's what you should get from a good film so Clockwork Orange when I was I'm going to say young. Mm-hmm. I was driving, so I must have been like 19. My local cinema was showing midnight showings of Clockwork Orange. And we went to the midnight showing every night for a week. And bear in mind that that was, it's like a two and a half, three hour film. Mm-hmm. By the end of the week, we were a mess. <laughs> I mean, you, you pretty much put yourself through like the Ludovico technique. Mm-hmm. Like what they do in it, just watching that, like sleep deprived, just every night, like... We thought it'd be cool, but I can't listen to uh, Beethoven anymore. <laughs> okay, well, there's only two chicken things left. Mm. We've smashed it. Yeah, I let's think... get this film on. I am keen as to see this, man. Um, time to watch the film. So here we go. With Nail and I. We're off. Um, cheers, Jimmy. Cheers. By the way, the soundtrack is on point for this film. So there's a drinking game that you can play with this. Okay. Where you drink what they drink. And <laughs> two alcoholics keep keep pace with two big big time alcoholics. It doesn't end well. <laughs> I've, I've never done it myself, but I've seen people do it and it's horrific. I mean, um, yeah, going off the um, the 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 menu there where they had all the different types of drinks, I'm guessing you'd have to get a fair bit of different stuff in to be able to do it successfully. 
that you'd have to have a few different types of drinks on hand. This bit will be alright though, he's having a cup of tea. Oh yeah, fine, yeah, no, I'll pop the kettle on. I'm so intrigued to see what you're going to make of this. I like everything, man. I'm like a puppy. I just kind of get led around and I just fucking love everything. Every day is an adventure. Yeah, have it, bro. Yeah, every day is an adventure for me, mate. I'm easily led. There he is. And he's jumped on the soundbar. I don't know how Ernie does it. Every t- like that's the first time you see Whippinall in the film, and he's up there. Did it with Alien, didn't he? First yeah. time you see the Alien, yeah. It's like you know, you dumb cat. I jumped and gone with it. I'm in the middle of a bloody overdose. Something's broken up. Fuck it. Apparently, that fork it line was improvised in the it's the only line that made the director laugh. <laughs> Drifting into the arena of the unwell, making an enemy of our own future. I've always wondered what it would feel like to cover yourself in deep heat like that. Fresh air, stuff like that. Wasn't much in the tube. Wake it up anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine if you got it on your three testicles. (laughs) (laughs) That would be the big downside. Just your father. Gonna be so cold in here. Like Greenland in here. So many times playing rugby league doing that, just the rub down with DP, warming up, and then forgetting going to have a piss. Oh, yeah. Before the game, grab the fucking old fella and just like, no, shouldn't have done that. I can't go on like this. I'm a trained actor reduced to the stakes of a bum. All right, this is the plan. What's the wildest thing you've ever drunk? Uh, I once drank a rice wine which had decomposing seahorses in it. Oh, nice. No. <laughs> no, it wasn't nice at all. It was fucking horrific. No, I drank turps once. Why? We were on turpentine. No, we were just all young, weren't we? We were all just like, oh yeah, we'll do it. Have a go. Fuck it up. Yeah. Spewed it up about an hour later with half a kebab. But it was like separated in the water. There was like... The Turks went on top of everything else. It was like blue. Okay, thoughts so far, Jimmy? Yeah. I'm enjoying it, man. It's, um, like I said, there's there's definitely some parallels there to Fear and Loathing. Like, not as brash and American, you know, and full on. It is, like you said, British as fuck. That very subdued, dry humour. But yeah, man. So you getting it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, pick, I'm picking up what it's putting down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what does that mean, Jimmy? <laughs> You'll have to go back and listen to one of our other episodes to get that reference. <laughs> right, this is one of the most upsetting scenes I've ever seen in a film. He's got a bag of fish and chips. Spoiler alert. He gets angry and throws them in the toilet. What a fucking waste of fish and chips. It's probably one of the most British things I've ever heard. <laughs> But yeah, agreed. If you ever want to let people know that something is going on in the 60s, you play Jimi Hendrix all on the Watchtower. <laughs> it is the quintessential 60s tune. But, here's another interesting fact for you. Go. When they put this song in this film, his family um, decided to take back control of his estate 
because they were fed up with his music being associated with the alcoholism and drugs. Hendrix, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Man, I get that. It's like, I swear, man, anytime you see like a news program or like any documentary or something and they're like, and you know, and it's like, then the 60s, yeah, the flower child yeah, and all that and it's like, and then, you know, um, the escalation of things in Vietnam and then it's just like, you hear that riff and you see the blokes just wading through like rice paddy fields, like the Marines. Mm. And it's like, and you hear that song, and like every time, man, whenever I hear it, I mean, it's a great song. I love Hendrix, yeah. But I, yeah, I, I can get why they did that, I suppose, as well. <laughs> That's an amazing way to describe a hangover headache. I feel like a pig has shut in my head. <laughs> like I said, just the writing is fucking great. I wonder if it's anecdotal. There's a documentary where they explain about the fact that this guy was like this. And I wonder if he's, like, made notes of actual things that he said. Genius. Yeah. It is almost that thing of, like, like you know, dialogue is fucking hard to write and makes seem natural. And especially something like that could seem crazy unless you'd heard someone fucking say it. Because you probably wouldn't think, like, to write that unless you'd heard fucking someone say it. And also Richie Grant's performance of it makes it brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Obviously a lot of it's... um. You know, makeup and that the, the gaunt face they've got the, everything the rings around their eyes and that I sort of think as well you know like would they have been doing things filming it staying up till all fucking hours while they're filming it just to add that extra bit of freneticism yeah. to their performances just to fucking jangle their nerves a bit make their faces more naturally washed out to then it's accentuate yeah accentuate everything with the makeup as well there's um it always amazes me when they when actors lose weight drastically for a role Hugh Jackman when he was filming Les Mis yep. he dehydrated himself to a very dangerous point yep. just to look so skeletal yeah exactly yeah to make his, their muscles go because he was ripped and they were like yeah but you wouldn't look you'd be more emaciated than that from the I mean, work you're doing that's it's crazy hey it? because we were talking about it earlier as well when they like ran into this place in the pouring rain it just made me think of um, Clockwork Orange when he ends up back at Old Mate, the rider's place after they turn up like a salt his wife. Oh, yeah. And she dies, and then he ends up back there after he does the treatment, and he slowly works out who he is. I'm singing in the rain is never going to be the same again. That's a hell of a film. It's, it's fucking incredible, that. It cost him a fortune as well, that, you know, to put that in the movie, singing in the rain. Did it? It cost him a fucking fortune. Well, especially in that context as well, I would imagine... They probably charged him more. What are you going to be doing while the music's playing? Yeah. Well, I'm going to be raping someone. Yeah, while their husband watches, kicking him in the head while I sing the song. Do um, uh, Malcolm McDowell um, improvised the singing, the singing in the rain, and he does it all to the timing and everything. It's so good, like... Yeah. Fucking awful. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like it is fucking. I mean, it's so good in terms of it's so fucking like jarring. Like, but yeah, I love it. It's one of my favourite films ever. Alex Delage is just amazing. (laughs) I just love that line. Are you the farmer? Of course, he's the fucking (laughs) farmer. Just makes me smile so much. Stop saying that. Because you could just hear him there the whole time. He's just, are you the farmer? Are you the farmer? <laughs> like some guy driving a tractor <laughs> in a field. Yeah. <laughs> I keep getting these really nice little chuckles because I know what's coming up. And like, it's not slapstick. It's not overly comedic. It's just, there's something very charming about it as a film. 
the, yeah, the, it, it, I was saying at the beginning that that thing, the, the um, that that really dry British humour. It's it's a wink and a, it's a wink and a nod, just like you know, like there when he was like he was here with his son, and he's yeah. like, yeah, it's him because he's like the kitty fiddler, and it's like he's obviously been lying to him, but he's just like, yeah, that's him. So understated. I do wonder whether this, if you went filled a room with like Americans and played it, what they'd make of it. I often think that about like different nationalities. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. See, my old girl loves British cinema. Yeah, um, and like British comedy in general. So we watched a ton of it like growing up. Um, yeah, like Full Monty and uh, yeah, yeah I mean, stuff. that's very British. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, one of my favourite films. So I, I've always really enjoyed it. Like I said, when I was making the comparison of Fear and Loathing. It's like Fear and Loathing is so American and bombastic and just fucking in your face. Whereas, yeah, this is the complete opposite of that. Oh, my boy, my boy. Forgive me. Please, it's not. Monty, Monty. Monty, you terrible cunt. You terrible cunt. Oh, oh shit, you're right. There is no use of that word better in any film than Monty, you terrible, terrible cunt. I'm going to start calling people that. That's brilliant. Because when you said that, I was going to say it as a joke and be a bit smart and be like, oh, I don't know, mate, I'm Australian. Like, we love, yeah, we love it, cunt, putting something before it. Never, never thought of that before, you terrible cunt. Oh, fan-fucking-tastic. I think Monty is a terrible cunt. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. But again, right, just to lean into this whole thing of him being the narrator, maybe he's just a sweet old guy that they just fucking, um, you know, just mugged off and just used, and he projects him to us as the audience, him telling the story that he is a, a kitty fiddler and that so that he doesn't feel bad about it and seem like a bad person. Same with Whitnell. Maybe Whitnell's not a bad guy. Maybe he is the cunt and the alcoholic yeah. and he projects it all onto him to tell the story to us so he feels better but however there's a few scenes later on which are kind of indisputable yeah fair I just love a good <coughs> film theory especially with an unreliable narrator Balls. we want the finest wines available to humanity we want them here and we want them now <laughs> <laughs> absolute <sighs> We want the finest wines available to humanity. <laughs> See, you're already <laughs> quoting it. I said, didn't I? It's yeah. one of the most quotable yes. films known to man. Absolutely. Already you've said you're going to use Terrible Cunt and I want the finest wines. wines available to humanity. I want them here right now. So Paul McGowan got cast for this role and then got fired because they didn't think, because he had a Liverpool accent. Okay, so they fired him, then they couldn't get anyone else, so they rehired him and got him to do the voice different. <laughs> what, and they never asked him to do the voice different before? They've attacked him, yeah. I mean to have it, you even if it's burglary. So, when they were downstairs before, like you said, when it was very tense, I was thinking, I was like, with, the, with him, I was like, I don't really think so much he's a sexual predator. He's just a very lonely old man. No, I was wrong. He is a fucking straight up sexual predator. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. There's no. I mean, it's 100% little, little, little naughty man. Yeah. I don't even know how to say it. No, he. He's, yeah. He's a filthy. He is just. He, he has him cornered and he's just forcing himself on him. 
That's how you know you're a piece of shit as well when you when you wake to that just like denials accusations just like as you rouse from like sleep. Yeah, yeah. yeah you've done something. Like <laughs> you know you're a piece of shit. That's your go-to just like denial accusations. Which one if they figured out? <laughs> He's laying there with a shotgun next to him. I would have just snuck in and pulled the trigger. <laughs> just so it went off next to his head. That would be fucking funny. Oh, fuck. You know, um, Black Books. Oh, I love Black Books. Yeah, that def- this has got, like, they definitely took some serious inspiration. Must have done. Yeah, for that, like... Hendrix Dylan again. Moran, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And um, Bill Bill Bailey. Tamsin Greaves. Yeah, yeah. I'm making time. I fucking... I think this would be near my favourite Hendrix song, this. Such a good fucking intro. Listen to how this chap says get in the back of the van. Apparently it's one of the director's favourite lines in the whole film. I wasn't expecting that, even though you said it, I was not fucking expecting Madness. that delivery. So funny. <laughs> So again, I know I keep um, bringing it back to Fear and Loathing, but just another thing I thought of there, because like, just, even some of the shots in this are a little bit reminiscent of stuff from Fear and Loathing, like where he's there in the car and it's kind of a little bit, the camera's a little bit like just above the roof of the car looking in through the window and he's just fucked, looking up trying to talk. Yeah, it's it's very similar to the bits where he's there, the guys in Fear and Loathing where he's like, you can't park here, you can't park. He's like, what? There's no reasonable place to park. He's like, reasonably on the sidewalk, and he's like, fucking. You can't park here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I was just thinking about that because like it's Terry Gilliam that directed um, Fear and Loathing, and obviously he, he is Ameri- He was the American Python, wasn't he? Yeah. But he obviously would have been in England. He was probably exposed to this and probably took some cues from this as well. I would say is this before. Well, this is 86, yeah. Fear and Loathing, the film was 1998. So, oh, yeah, plenty man. of time. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's definitely, man, there's a lot of, um, you know, um, like stylistically, there's definitely a lot of cues on it, for sure. Yeah, I keep having these little bits of... So, you know when he drinks the lighter fluid? Yeah. When they rehearsed that, he had water in it. But when they went for the tape, he filled it with... Vinegar. Oh, okay. I didn't tell Richie Grant, so there you go. That links nicely to Alien and Goonies. There's another thing to get Not a real reaction. Yep. 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 I must say, yeah, he's been very well behaved tonight. Can't believe it, man. He's. I think because he, maybe he's good as he's got his toys there. He's just happy, like. Yeah, he's just happy, he? he was sleeping before. He was just. He was all good. He's actually not gone up onto the speaker once to annoy him. Oh, he did do one, it once. Went right the first time when we saw Richard Grant. It sounds weird when you say Richard Grant. Richard E. Grant. <laughs> yeah, it sounds weird without the E, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. E. Really is, and I in the credits as well. I thought you were being a smartass when you said that before. Oh, no. Yeah. Genuinely. Yeah. Um, well, so, you've now seen Whip Now the Night. I have. Um, 
we'll, we'll, we'll move on to the next section and discuss what you thought. Discuss, yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, obviously people can't see it now, but I've got a nice little dumb grin on my head. Post-film chat. So, Jimmy, you've yes. watched with Nan and I, and before you, you go into what you thought of it, I think we need to just say a massive well done for little Ernie Cat. Little Ernie the Cat. For managing to sit on the sofa with us for the duration. And, and we can call him Ernie the Cat now and not fucks the film Ernie. Fucks the film Ernie. He, he, he's, he, for now, he's lost that moniker. Well done. Yeah. Well done, Ern. Mind you, fucks the film Ernie's quite a cool name. It is, for sure, but but you can't call him that if he doesn't fuck the film. No. He's watched the film Ernie. He's watched the <laughs> <laughs> right, with Nell and I, Jimmy. The three actors in that film, fucking fantastic. Loved it. You loved it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Right. Maybe maybe maybe, maybe loved it. Maybe it. loved it to go on a bit hard, but I, I I did really enjoy the um the whole journey of it with that dude of just you know like again like we've been saying it the whole way through and when you brought it up. But to be honest, I probably wouldn't have even thought about it if you hadn't brought it up with the start with the whole thing of fear and loathing. It is really the, that journey. And the descent into like alcoholism and madness, and just trying to get through it. Like there is no real plot, no. I guess. But I I like that as well. That like it, it's the performances, it's it's the character study of this person. Um, you cannot deny the characters were really just fucking fantastic, man. And the, the dialogue was fantastic. Yeah, and the, and like I see, I like I absolutely get it with what you're saying. With just it is so endlessly quotable, like. It's it's fucking genius. Like yeah, uh, Monty, you terrible cunt. Like Richard E. Grant has essentially permanent psychosis, and the the one with the biggest issue with alcohol, just constantly walking around with a loaded twelve gauge shotgun. Like it's just so funny. I think going back to the, the the quoting thing, I think there's so many so many lines in it that are so brilliant. They're not punchy. They're not funny. You don't laugh at them. You hear them and you enjoy them. I think that's how it works, this film. I think you enjoy the writing. My One of my all-time favourite lines in this film, and it's so throwaway that you you potentially wouldn't even pick up on it. He's just drunk the... Um, he's just drunk the lighter fluid. Yeah. And he says, what's in your toolbox? Yeah. And uh, Marwood says, nothing. And he goes, liar, you've got antifreeze. And then Marwood says... <laughs> You should never mix your drinks. You should never mix your drinks. <laughs> it's such a funny line. But, and, and, but the thing is, as well, just speaks so, like, volumes about their relationship. He understands him so well that he know and he knows how insane, like, Whitnall is. He knows, saying, you can't fucking drink antifreeze, won't work. He has any idea that, that now lighter fluid and, and, and antifreeze are consumable instead of alcohol, so he has to say you can't mix your drinks. He has to be saying it like like he understands him that well, and he's so fucking deep into the madness of their life. He understands that he's not joking about the end. Exactly, exactly, he's and like, and and it makes sense to him because he's living it as well. He's there fucked as well. That opening of them, as funny as it is, um, in the kitchen, is just a brilliant thing as well to just be like these guys are beyond disgusting. They are completely fucked the way they're living you know they're, they're too scared to go into the kitchen because of the state of it they don't know what's going on there's matter they're, yeah and they're, and they're bickering like this old married couple but they're both completely fucked like neither really know what's going on like 
I um there is a, a I keep going on about the lighter fluid bit because I you know there's so much around that one section. The sad part of it. So Bruce Robinson, the guy who wrote it, he's Marwood, so he's the yes. guy. Yeah, and he lived with a, a, an actor who did drink lighter fluid, and they think that that caused his throat cancer, which killed him. Like so, um, Bruce Robinson's friend. But he died of throat cancer. Yeah, and yeah. They attributed it to the fact that he drank lighter fluid. And then, I mean, if you're punching cigarettes and like drinking lighter fluid, and actually, I was going to say that as well. When he just downed a lighter fluid, I was like, "Don't fucking light up the smoke." <laughs> Everyone at some point or another has lived like that. Has been a scumbag. Has been a scumbag, exactly. In a shit flat with fucking, uh, uh, you know, ostensibly shit people, but great people because they're your people. Sitting around drinking fucking cheap wine, cheap fucking beer, spirits, whatever, fagging indoors, no fucks given because you're all in the same boat and it feels okay. You go to bed and like there's moments, you know, and you have the times where you're like, I need to go beyond this, and you do, and it's, you know, how you end up fucking normal and like, not normal, but like, when uh, how you start exactly like let's not go down that rabbit hole but like (laughs) you know the betterment of yourself um it it starts from those sorts of times because you you know that you can't live like that but watching things like that makes you nostalgic for it because the good stuff that you remember you have that real romanticized idea of that of like listening like of those times where you were sitting around listening to really good fucking music um, it, it it really tickles that nostalgia of, of, of that for me, like watching that. Um, it's interesting that you can feel nostalgic because of the way it makes you feel, whereas I can watch it and feel nostalgic because I've watched it watched since it. I was like, you know, twenty years ago. Yeah, I mean, dude, that came out like five what five years before I was born. Because I was a bit nervous about choosing that as one of the films. When I texted you and said, oh, have you seen it? And you went, I've not even heard of it. I got, I was straight away, I was like, fuck yeah, that's the one. And then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, well, it's quite a quiet, chatty film. Like, yeah, it's not that engrossing. I love it, but is it going to be one of these ones where I really like it? Oh, look at this amazing film. And you'll sit there going... I, I I didn't really know what to make and I wasn't really feeling it until probably a third of the way in and then it really I started gelling with it I think because I was looking for too much of a plot yeah. I was like I don't really know what's going on but you don't like there isn't really a plot it the whole there it's their relationship it yeah. is it is their relationship Marwood's feelings and ideals about his life but his life is tethered to fucking Withnail, who he loves and hates. He loves and hates his life. It's like, that is the core to it. Everything else is the is just the, the, the setting, isn't it? It's the window dressing. Also, as well, sorry, just quickly, uh, before I forget, that ending, fucking beautiful, when he's there in the rain. What's he saying? There's Shakespeare or something, when he's, oh, uh, the dialogue that he's speaking. There's a bit that I recognise. What a piece of work is a man. It's a serious, dramatic piece obviously, that he's quoting. Because the whole way through it, they're trying to be actors. And Withnail's always going on about things are below me, all this sort of jazz. And he's a very over-the-top... It is Shakespeare, yeah. Yeah. So, and and so the whole way through the film, you know, he's going on like, this is below me, they want me to be an understudy, rah, rah, rah. It's because Marwood has left him, and he's now left only with himself, and his insanity is an alcoholism. And he is just raw and brutal and honest and just a fantastic actor and always has been 
but he's completely fucking snowed under by his fucking addiction issues, which, you know, fucking how many people are there like that? At least some people, like Hendrix, they use Hendrix through the whole thing. He was someone like that. But how many people are, like, um, with now who aren't famous, mm-hmm. who are geniuses, but are completely weighed under by their addiction problems as well, like, because it is that trade-off. Like, I don't know what it is, but, you know, people who are that just super creative, you know, intuitive with, with that side of their brains, they can't turn it off, so you numb it with... Yeah. everything and it also probably doesn't help as well that you're not really doing a 9 to 5 so you can be fucking <laughs> out having your late nights but there is there is a huge it's mental that, thing like the depression and everything goes hand in hand like it's that classic thing of um, work hard play hard isn't it imagine that like being like like someone like with now where like any I, any other idea of work any other idea of labour bores you look, and like at the start where he's there and he's like 12 o'clock and becomes the workman's hour fuck's sake he's rubbing himself down with deep heat to like make himself feel alive to like get himself to work any other sense of existence uh, it deplores him he would he'd rather be on death's doorstep drinking non-stop than be going and working as a construction worker or something like it's really um there's a scene where he's digging out the potatoes with a fork fuck I got one I got one <laughs> I love that scene but there's and then it's so sweet because they just cuts them and they're boiling them up and they've peeled them and they're actually and they're actually eating properly yeah they're not in the calf they're not fucking yeah man it's I've always thought to myself as well that opening scene where that woman eats that egg sandwich. I, I'm so cross with that lady. So if you haven't seen this film, people listening, yeah, she bites into it and all yeah. the yolk shoots out the end of it onto yeah. her plate. And I've always thought that's a massive fucking waste of a really decent egg. Yeah, yeah, good runny egg on your sandwich and then just bite it like that, letting Fuck it go. Fuck ton out. of ketchup, just smash it down. That'd be delicious. Yeah. Yes, please. Yum, yum. Did you see though as well? Like in the way they're fucking cooking them in there, they've just got oh. a giant deep pan just full with about two inches of oil. Fry. Yeah, eggs. just the eggs just floating in that oil, man. It's like Jesus. I wish food like that wasn't unhealthy I know right it's just, just butter Boi- boiling butter, butter throw an egg in it oh. but it is <laughs> just it, it is it is really sweet like at that ending with uh, just with him there and you just because he, he is such a cunt with now the whole time he's throwing him under the bus he's selling him out all the time he's such a piece of shit and he doesn't do anything to help himself he doesn't take any jobs or anything and he doesn't want to help himself he just he, he wants to do what he wants to do like and probably just kill himself is really what he's trying to do I would assume like I, I I would say looking at that my reading of that is he does want to slowly kill himself but he's too scared to take a gun and shoot himself so he's going to do it slowly and he doesn't want to be alone so he has and I and and, and but then yeah at the end he you see that, that moment where you actually see his talents and everything and he just and he is this really like beautiful soul but just a complete and absolute fuck up, and he's stuck now, and he's left alone, and he pretty man, he, he's probably going to go home and got that double barrel shotgun and blow his fucking brains out. Like, well, I mean, we know that sadly the chap that is based on died. Sorry, I do forget as uh, sorry, I do keep forgetting that as well. That it's based on real people. I'm but you're talking about the character. You're not saying that the guy it's based on was a cunt. Yeah, no, and exactly, and I'm not saying, and yeah, exactly. Final thoughts. Yeah. By the way, if you can hear someone munching away in the corner now, my <laughs> wife Katie, she's returned home and is currently eating some cheesy wopsits and playing with the cat. When I say the cat, I mean Ernie. Anyway, um, apparently, from what I hear, 
It was Richard E. Grant and Paul McGann's first film, and there was uh, a reason why the end was so tragic. Paul McGann... I should have just recorded it the first time. I can't even remember it now. Paul McGann... He had a job lined up. Richard E. Grant didn't. Big stakes. Sad. Boo-hoo. Just like the film. There we go. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Kate. <laughs> Nailed it. And that, but that is super sad. Like that's even worse when you're watching it because it must have been so much more fucking poignant for him doing that. But you know, Richard E. Grant went on to be pre Doctor Who. Yeah, can't argue with that, can you? So yeah, Ben. Again, um, just I, I, I did enjoy it. It was funny. It was like super witty. Um, super witty. Super witty. Super witty. What's that? Super witty. Super witty. I don't know. It's my, it's my catchphrase, man. What are you talking about? You've got a catchphrase? Yeah, I've always had it. Super witty. Everyone knows I've it. I've never heard you say super witty. Everyone before. knows it, man. Jimmy super witty. Yeah. When would you use it? Give me an example. On all the shows. It's like my thing. It's like, everyone everyone tuning in, they're like, oh yeah, it's Jimmy super witty. <laughs> <laughs> the way my voice dropped then, just like the lack of conviction, because you were just staring daggers through me I just, well. I just wish the people <laughs> listening could see the way I'm looking at you. Right yeah, fuck it. Why my voice? It's like, it's my thing. Yeah. <laughs> Please, I've got a catchphrase. <laughs> Please use it. No, sorry. I, I, yeah, no, sorry. I just meant, like, it is very witty. It's very witty, the writing just in stop that. Stop saying witty. Witty. It, it doesn't suit you. Witty. Witty. <laughs> oh, shit. Did you enjoy watching it again, though? I feel like, because I feel like I kind of just rambled on through that whole thing. Sorry, man. Didn't really let you speak, but you, I'm, I'm sure you enjoyed watching it again. It was good. <laughs> good. Good. Great chat. Let's do this again in a couple of weeks, though. Um, I have to say, I, I, did, I did very much enjoy watching that back. What, there was a point in it where I actually thought to myself, I know why I love this film. I'm not going to tell you, but I know why. <laughs> I just really enjoy it. I like clever words. I like clever dialogue. I like the good back and forth between them. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. I love it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. No, it is. I, and I, I'd, I'd be keen to watch it again as well and just like properly sit down and sort of, you know, not be... Yeah, you know, obviously we do watch them and take that in, but we also have our fun and riff yeah. and facts yeah, and maybe. all that jazz. I would definitely as well like to sit down and I, I could, I would, I would watch it again for sure. Uh, yeah, no, I think we've said enough for sure. Right. Well, on that note, we shall say good night and bye bye and bye bye. So much for listening again. Absolutely. I hope, you liked it. I hope you appreciate the fact that we didn't once talk about Star Wars. Yes. We mentioned Star Wars we mentioned because it. we didn't mention Star exactly. Wars. Exactly, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because this isn't a Star Wars podcast. Episode. It's not Rich and Jimmy watch a Star Wars. A Star Wars. A Star Wars. Look, we're doing it now. This is what happens. <laughs> we go down the rabbit hole. Well, yeah. Sorry, sorry. That's my fault. Um, so thank you so much for listening. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Yes. Um, if you did enjoy it, give it a like, give it a share, tell your friends. Get get around it. Um, we do have an email address. Uh, it's uh, Rich and Jimmy Watch a Film at Gmail dot com. Wow, how do you remember that? Oh fuck! I think because we say it about a thousand times. <laughs> Rich and, and Jimmy, Jimmy Watch a Film, film at Gmail dot com. com. All the one big word. Um, also, as well, any social um, yeah social media platforms. Uh, it's just at Rich and Jimmy Watch a Film. Pretty straightforward. We're on. All, all the big ones we're not on TikTok doing any dances just yet but if you want it let us know we'll do it <laughs> I'm, I'm well up for doing a dance yeah yeah fuck
But yeah, if you want to give us a follow on the social media, we'd really appreciate that. Oh, and then so what's our um, what's our keep on? What's the sign off for this uh, one? So our sign off for this one has to be but so. keep keep on being a terrible cunt, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. Have a lovely rest of your day, whatever you have planned. Keep on being a terrible cunt. Always, never stop. <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> stop a little bit. <laughs> I have of late, but wherefore I know not, lost all my mirth. And indeed, it goes so heavily with my disposition that this goodly frame the earth seems to me a sterile promontory. It's the most excellent canopy, the air. Look you, this brave or hanging firmament. This majestic old roof fretted with golden fire. Why, it appeareth nothing to me but a foul and pestilent congregation of vapours. What a piece of work is a man. How noble in reason. How infinite in faculties. How like an angel in apprehension. How like a god. The beauty of the world. Pagan of animals. Yet to me, what is this quintessence of dust? Man delights not me. No, nor women neither. Nor women neither. <laughs>